Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God that I'd like to study with you this morning is the Gospel reading from Luke chapter 24. might seem like a familiar account to you, but I might still encourage you to take out your worship folder and follow along. Last week, if you were here or heard the sermon, you know that Pastor Albrecht, he already talked about hope. But I want to talk about that some more again this morning. So let me start by just asking, for what do you hope? What are your hopes and dreams? When you're a little kid, it's easy, right? You just hope to wake up and play all day long. As you get older, you hope that you can get good grades, you hope that you can get your diploma, get accepted into a college, and, and begin a career. You, you hope maybe when you're still in high school that that boy will ask you to the dance or the girl will say yes. And, and as you get older, you, you hope that you'll find a, a spouse with whom you can share your life. You hope that you can raise a family. And then once you have kids, all your hopes and dreams are out the window. And that's all about them because now whatever you didn't get, you, you hope that that they get it, right? We, we want our children to be happy and successful. But I don't know what that means, but that's what we hope. We hope that the people we love will remain healthy or if they get sick, that, that they'll get better. All these hopes and dreams. Let's take it a step farther. In whom do you hope? Whom do you expect will help you achieve or fulfill all of these blessings that you seek? Do you rely on yourself? Do you dig deep and work hard? Are you willing to do whatever it takes for you and your family? Or do you count on others? I mean, after all, it's not what you know, right? It's whom you know. And does God play into that equation? And finally... What gives you confidence that you'll actually fulfill your hopes and dreams? Or is it like blowing out a birthday candle and making a wish and maybe, possibly, somehow, this might happen, but maybe not? Do you know that in the Bible, the word hope has nothing to do with wishes and dreams? In the Bible, when God encourages us to hope, it's an expectation. It's a guarantee, no disappointment. However, we can only find that kind of guaranteed hope in one place and in one person, in God. And in his scriptures, which are all fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And so that's my prayer for you today as we study Luke's gospel, the, really the end of his gospel I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you faith to hope in God on the basis of his promises in Scripture, which are all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We hear about two of the disciples. They're not two of the original 12. They're part of the larger group that included the women and other believers. They were there on Easter Sunday morning probably with the rest hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews because they thought, well, if they put Jesus to death, maybe we're next. 
But then the women showed up and said that they had seen angels and that the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen from the dead. These two disciples knew that Peter and John ran back to the tomb and investigated and, and verified the tomb was empty. But I guess because they didn't see Jesus with their own eyes, they simply discounted the testimony of the women. Maybe they thought the women were seeing things, overwhelmed with grief. In their minds, Jesus was still dead. So later that day, they began the seven, about seven-mile walk back to Jerusalem. Some people think that this might have been a couple. Most of the pictures will show two men, so maybe brothers or, or maybe just two men who likely lived in Emmaus and decided it was time to go home. And as they walked along, they discussed and they debated and they questioned all the things that had happened in the previous week. And then Jesus appeared. But they didn't know it was Jesus. God kept them from recognizing. So to them, this was just another traveler along the way who maybe had been walking behind them and overheard some of their conversation and finally caught up and said, hey, what are you guys talking about? But then they stopped. Our version here says they, they stood still. Luke describes their faces as downcast because they had lost their hope. They, they were first surprised. How can you not know what's going on? Are you the only one in Jerusalem that doesn't know what has happened there these days? But, but Jesus prompted them to, to tell more. So they, well, what things? And they said, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, both before God and all of the people, but our leaders, our chief priests, they sentenced him to death, and they crucified him. And now it's been three days. That comment could be a reference to Jesus telling them he would rise after three days, but they still didn't believe it. Or this false idea that we heard about in one of our Lent sermons that the Jews thought, some of them, that the soul leaves the body after three days. In any case, these disciples said Jesus died, and as far as we know, He's still dead. And then they said what their faces had already revealed. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But if he's dead, our hope is lost. What causes you to lose your hope? Do you lose hope on the first Tuesday in April when the person you voted for Maybe he didn't win. Do you lose hope because the boy never asked or the girl said no? Do you lose hope because you've been looking for a godly spouse and it doesn't seem like there's any out there? Or do you lose hope because all you really want was to start a family but God is just not blessing you with children according to your plan? Or do you lose hope because you have children and for crying out loud, parenting is a lot harder than anybody ever said it would be. Or you lose hope because your kid didn't make the team or made the team but sitting on the bench or they played the whole game and we still lost. Do you lose hope because gas prices are still up and the stock market's 
Still down? These disciples, Jesus scolded them. He said how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. Jesus expected more from them for a couple of reasons. Number one, he said, you should know your Bible. You should know the Old Testament and what the prophets said. They didn't say that God was going to send a Messiah to make your lives on earth better. See, the Emmaus disciples, they hoped for the right thing in words. They, they hoped for a Messiah to redeem them and their country, but they misunderstood what that meant. They thought that God was going to restore their nation to all of its glory and their lives on earth would be so much better. Jesus was also disappointed because not only did they have the Old Testament, they had him. Their disciples, they heard Jesus preach and teach. They likely saw some of his miracles. And certainly, they heard him say, as I've repeated now a million times this Lent, Jesus told them the Son of Man will be betrayed and handed over and crucified. Don't you know that the Messiah had to suffer and then enter his glory? I wonder if Jesus would say to us, how foolish. And slow of heart to believe all that the scriptures have said. Our hopes are often dashed and and we often are disappointed because we hope for the wrong things. Now, Now don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong at all with asking God for every blessing that, that we seek. And yet God does not want us to put our hope in this earthly life. Instead, God wants us to put our hope in the promises that he has made. Not only do we hope for the wrong things, we hope in the wrong people. I mean, if we're going to rely on ourselves or other sinful human beings to help us fulfill all of our dreams, we're always going to be disappointed because sinful human beings will always let us down, even if they have the best of intentions. How foolish we are and slow to believe all that God has promised in the scriptures because that is the only place where we can find lasting hope. And Jesus gave that hope to those two disciples. How gracious. He didn't scold them and then walk away or disappear. He took the time to explain to them, beginning with Moses, right, going all the way back to the beginning of the Bible and through the Old Testament, he explained to them how all of the scriptures pointed to him. I wonder if he said, don't you remember that in the Garden of Eden, God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the devil's head? God promised to old Abraham before he even had a son that all nations on earth would be blessed through him. God promised David that one of his descendants would build the temple and sit on the throne forever. God prophesied through Isaiah that the servant would suffer, that he would be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and that the punishment that could bring us peace would be placed on him. Don't you know that the Messiah had to suffer and then enter his glory? Don't you remember 
How the Messiah himself told you that yes, he would be handed over and crucified, but on the third day, he would rise again and then he would enter into his glory forever. As soon as the explanation was wrapping up, they reached Emmaus. The disciples were, I presume, home. But the sun was setting, it was time to eat dinner. Jesus acted as if he was going to keep going, but they urged him, come on in, stay with us. It's, it's evening, the day is almost over. And so Jesus went in, and then even though he was the guest, he became the host. He took bread, gave thanks, probably said, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. And then he broke the bread and began to give it to them, and suddenly their eyes were opened. And those two disciples recognized that Jesus, the risen Jesus, was before them. And just as soon, he disappeared from their sight. But they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us as he talked to us and opened the scriptures to us? And as fast as they could, they hustled back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and the other disciples. And they said, it's true. Now the disciples believed because Jesus had appeared to Simon and the two disciples said, he appeared to us too. And they told their story and now they found hope, real and lasting hope. The same hope that God offers to you. You find that hope in the scriptures. Do you realize that all of the scriptures, every verse, every word points to Jesus? If you're following our Bible reading plan, we're working through Chronicles, and, and you have to wonder, what in the world, this long list of names that I can't pronounce, how, how does that point to Jesus? And, and that's the challenge sometimes, is to figure it out, and yet God promises that every word in there points to Jesus, either our need for Jesus, the law, or the fact that Jesus has come for us, the gospel. On the one hand, the Bible reveals that God created the entire world through Jesus, perfect and holy. But then Adam sinned and ruined it. Adam passes his sin on to us through birth, and the Bible makes it clear in how many ways and how deep our own sin is, and that's why we need a Savior. It's also why we live in a world full of disappointment. I mean, we should expect Suffering. That doesn't mean we're happy about it. It doesn't mean we want it or we're excited. It just means that we're not surprised when life is hard and work is grueling and relationships just, you have to work on them constantly. We shouldn't be surprised when our kids are the bully or they get bullied or when someone lets us down. We certainly shouldn't be surprised when somebody we love gets sick and they don't always get better. And that's exactly why we need Jesus. And Jesus came to give us hope. Not just hope that this life and this world will be so much better than we could ever imagine. No. Jesus came to give us hope for a better life in another world. Jesus came and he suffered and died right along with the rest of us and even more because he suffered for our sins and he is the one who came to redeem us 
First, Jesus redeemed us from the law by keeping it perfectly. That means you don't have to be perfect so that God will love you. And then, yes, Jesus suffered and died on the cross to redeem us from sin. And that means that your sin no longer condemns you to hell. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus even redeemed us from death. Death is no longer punishment for sin. Now, it's the gate that leads to eternal life. And Jesus redeemed us from the power of the devil, meaning the devil, unless you invite him in, he cannot live in your heart and ruin your life any longer. And Peter reminded us how Jesus redeemed us, not with perishable things like gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And do you remember from Luther's explanation to the second article of the Apostles' Creed, do you remember why Jesus redeemed us? He redeemed you so that you should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Jesus redeemed you so that one day you could live in a world where there is no more sin. And that means there's no more disappointment, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more death. It's that Jesus gives you hope for a life that basks in the glory of God. A a life where you get to spend eternity with your family and friends who died with faith in Christ, worshiping and praising God and receiving his love and blessings forever. And, And so let's rethink those questions. For what do you hope? Are you going to put your hope just in earthly blessings that will always disappoint and perish and spoil and fade? Are you going to rely on yourself or other human beings that will always disappoint you even with the best of intentions? Are you going to blow out a candle and make a wish and just think maybe it'll come true? Or will you put your hope in God? Put your hope in God on the basis of the promises that he made in all of scriptures. Promises not just made, but promises kept, especially in Jesus. Will you follow Jesus even through suffering because you trust your heavenly father knows what you need? He'll provide everything you need for your body. He'll protect you according to his will. He'll surround you with people that love you. And even if there's no one else, he promises that he loves you. Will you follow Jesus even through suffering because you hope? You don't just wish. You know with absolute certainty, without a single doubt in your mind, that glory is on the other side. Because Jesus rose from the dead... This is our hope. Put your hope in God, and you will never be disappointed. Amen.